Welcome to This Girl Puts Out. I'm your host, Carm Macaretta, and I interview real women with real stories about real life stuff. I'm inviting you to laugh, cry, and connect with my guests as they share some of their most impactful life experiences, from their brightest moments to their darkest hours. For more stories and an opportunity to share your own, visit me at thisgirlputsout.com. Welcome to This Girl Puts Out podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, Today we are recording actually the first podcast in a series about achieving health through weight management and everything that goes along with it. Um, Things like why is it so difficult to lose weight? What do I eat? Um, Why do I not like how I look? Exercise, our mental health, so many, so many aspects. So In this series, I am talking to experts as well as individuals who are sharing their personal experiences so that we can all have a broader understanding of this huge, important topic that really affects so many of us and maybe learn how to better deal with it in a kinder way since there's so much negativity surrounding this topic. So today we're going to be talking about mindset um, and how important it is to healthy weight management. We're also going to talk about how we like to self-sabotage and some of the mental mistakes that we make when trying to get healthy and lose weight. Um, I'd like to introduce my guest, Maureen Kameny. And Maureen is a mom. She is a wife. Um, She is a triathlete. And uh, we met through the Women's Business Center at Canisius College a few years ago. And so I'm happy to call her a friend. Um, Maureen holds a Master of Arts in Psychological Assessment and Counseling. She was a school psychologist for 28 years. She has been a personal trainer for 15 years. She is a certified health and wellness coach, and she is currently working on a certification in life coaching. This is a busy, busy lady. Um, She also has a virtual weight loss coach class coming up, which we're going to talk about in detail a bit later. But I am so grateful to have this beautiful, intelligent lady uh, on our podcast today. So Maureen, thank you so much for being here and welcome. Well, thank you, Carm. You're always so sweet. <laughs> thanks thanks <laughs> for the introduction. <laughs> isn't it hard listening to all that stuff about yourself when people are reading your bio? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right. Well, we're going to jump in in the interest of time. And um, right away, we, we're going to try to ask you um, for some practical tips when we are ready to get started on a weight loss program? Oh, sure. So, well, as you know, weight loss is uh, a really complex um, road to go down. It's not easy. If it was easy, then there, it wouldn't be a billion dollar industry. When I work with people, we start at the physiological um area. And then we go into the mindset area, because there's some things that really need to be looked at and put into place before you can address the really difficult area of mindset, changing the thoughts that don't allow someone to get the results they want. So often, especially with women who um, are premenopausal or postmenopausal, 
they are not eating a lot. I hear it all the time. You know, I'm barely eating and I can't lose weight. So what worked when we were younger in our twenties doesn't work anymore. And a lot of that is because hormones get out of balance and there's a lot, a lot of reasons for that. And um, maybe in a different podcast, we could get into those, but just understand that hormones do get out of whack. So when someone says, I barely eat and I can't lose weight, I believe them. It, it's true, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that they can't get their hormones back into balance. So mm-hmm. that's one area we always address. And the other area is, which goes in line with this, is learning to become fat adaptive again. So over the years, because of stress because of the way someone's eaten because of lack of sleep all kinds of reasons our bodies no longer become good at using fat as fuel so we address those areas first and then and we also address food just how to eat what to eat when to eat those are incredibly important and then we get into thoughts and feelings and those kinds of things so um, both, right, a good program has to has to address both. Yes, the- exactly. Yeah. And that's why people tend not to lose weight. There's so much information out there. It's not from lack of information. People can find um, right food protocols, they can find all this information, but you need to put it all together. Mm-hmm. And so that if you're looking for a good program, you've got to look for that. The other thing too, is that um, sometimes is well, it's not even sometimes it is so hard on our own to see how our thoughts are messing us up. I know because I even have a coach. I mean, I've, I'm trained in this and it's unbelievable how sometimes when I hear my thoughts, I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't even realize I was thinking that that's unbelievable. So that's how a coach really helps when you are looking for a program and looking for weight loss, make sure you find a coach who really is trained in helping you not only find, but challenge and change the thoughts that are keeping you from your ideal mm-hmm. weight. And then when also in part of that is learning how to deal with your feelings, because that's most, most people overeat in, in lieu of dealing with their feelings. I hear you there. <laughs> I've recently done some, <laughs> some work on, uh, on myself uh, in the thought area regarding my um, tendency to overeat and overdrink. And wow, once you start paying attention to that stuff, oh my God, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. horrifying to see, well, at least for me, to see where my brain goes and when it goes there. But um, it's also very interesting, I think, and it's, it's a good exercise to go through. And so the, the challenge is making that, making that automatic, right, eventually. Yeah, I, because of the way our brains work, it is, it is never automatic to work from our higher level brain, our prefrontal cortex, mm because just the way we're, we've evolved, our brains have evolved. So it is, our thoughts are naturally automatic and it's, it's self-preservation. I find 
the best way though, to stay in touch with your thoughts, it really is something you need to do every day. Mm -hmm. And what I have my clients do is write a daily thought journal. What am I thinking? What are my thoughts? What mm -hmm. kept me up at night? You know, what were the thoughts that kept me up? And writing them down, you see them before your, your eyes. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second step though, because I mentioned a little earlier, even when we do that, we, we have such a block on a lot of these thoughts that you need to hear yourself speak them and you need to share them with someone who can then point them out and say, look how faulty that thought is, you know, why are you thinking that, et cetera. So that's a really, really good practice to get into every day, looking at your thoughts, mm -hmm. challenging them and realizing the ones that aren't bringing you closer to what you want as opposed to further. Right. I think it's, it's monumental for mm -hmm. you to just be able to teach someone that the way you think is not your fault. Like the way you think is, is because of how we evolved, you know, we were, we were meant to preserve and stay alive 10,000 years ago. And, and so none of this is your fault. Um, but it's almost um, no better, do better. Once you figure it out, or once you realize, wow, these thoughts, these stories I'm telling myself are mm -hmm. not real. <laughs> you really do have to, to work to replace them with other things. And I think professional help from a coach is, is really, really uh, paramount in teaching you how to retrain your brain. Um, but it can be done. It can be done. So tell us, um, our thoughts in general, you know, are running our lives basically, right? We're just, we're, we're not even paying attention. It's just happening. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and if, Ultimately, we want to be successful at any change that we hope to be permanent. Mm -hmm. We have to change the thoughts along with what we're putting into our mouths, obviously, and what we're doing with our bodies. But um, so if you don't do this work, your chances of long-term success are, would you say low? Yes. That, that's why people don't succeed. You know, most people are able to follow a food protocol mm -hmm. for a while. They're able to do those kinds of things. But when you haven't changed the thoughts mm -hmm. that create the overeating mm -hmm. or the miseating in the first place, mm -hmm. then long-term success is virtually mm -hmm. impossible. So, and this is... This is hard because you said, you know, we've, uh, we've already said um, because our brains just are, we're born to, to preserve, but tell us some other, other things that, that contribute to this being so difficult. Is it the way we live? Is it, you know, what we're seeing on TV and. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's so difficult for so many reasons. Well, for, first of all, um, just the way our food has evolved mm -hmm. has made it so difficult and impacts our brain. So one of the things that people in, in creating a food protocol, people have to come to terms with the fact that flour and sugar are severe culprits in weight gain. And 
when I work with people, we kind of, we, we, I help them figure out what their comfort level is in terms of how, if they're going to give it up and how much, but flour and sugar have only been around for shortly for not, not much more than a hundred years. And our biology is, has not adapted to deal with these highly concentrated foods. So our bodies are adapted to deal with an apple, but a glass of apple juice no, you know, like a glass of apple juice is the equivalent of four apples. Well, if you eat four apples, you're going to feel full. But if you have a glass of apple juice, you're mm. not. And what that what that does when you eat flour and sugar is it releases insulin, insulin mm-hmm. causes fat storage, insulin s- stops our bodies from being able to use fat. So there's that whole issue how it really messes up with our hormones. And then the other issue is that high insulin foods also um, increase our dopamine neurotransmitter, which is our pleasure neurotransmitter. So the more your brain feels that the more it wants. And the more it takes of, of that same food to create the same dopamine. So there's two things going on, mm-hmm. just just by eating these highly processed foods, mm-hmm. your messing up your hormones, your insulin, your leptin, your ghrelin, and you're also messing with your, your dopamine. Mm -hmm. So it, it causes us to want to overeat. Mm -hmm. It causes us to store fat. So there, that's one way just there. Yeah. We have a lot of strikes against us coming right out of the gate. Our, our food that we, Mm -hmm. that the typical American eats Mm-hmm. And, you know, look at the amount of advertising and, and what goes into selling food, right? And um, yeah, it's, we, we really have our work set out for us when we're trying to become healthy. It's unfortunate because there are more, more obstacles in our way than there are answers, then there are solutions, you know, I feel like you're running and you're trying to get to the finish line and somebody's like hurling snowballs at you. (laughs) Right. But you know what? It's, it's actually simple when you really know what to put in place. Mm -hmm. It's simple. We do overcomplicate it. Is it easy? No, it's not easy, Mm -hmm. but is, is it doable? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I've never heard anyone say, gee, I would, I'm upset that I can show up in a bikini, you know, like, is the work worth it? Absolutely. If that's your goal. Right. Right. I mean, to me, the the ultimate goal is not being obsessed with food in our bodies. It's understanding that food is fuel period. And all that other, all that extra energy can be used for our higher living. You know, what is for putting it towards our real purpose in life, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, giving food in our, in our obsession with weight loss, giving it all that energy, it it just robs us of life. It does when food and I'm going to put like food and alcohol in the same boat for, for the purposes of this comment. Um, My former way of thinking, which I, by the way, I'm still working on making a permanent impression here is, you know, I, I couldn't wait for Friday. Because Friday means, Friday afternoon means just no restrictions. 
on anything you want to eat or drink. And you, I would find myself looking forward to the food and the drink instead of, oh my gosh, instead of, you know, the, the time with my family that was not distracted, you know, or, or anything that, that I was thinking of fully and presently for, instead of thinking about the food and the drink, really that those thoughts had, had become very unhealthy, very Mm -hmm. unhealthy. I don't want, I don't want the pinnacle of my week to be food and drink. It's Mm -hmm. like, to me, it's almost embarrassing to say it out loud, you know, but that's, that's where I, my brain has, has evolved. Well, and I mean, I think that's really brave of you because that's how most people think truly, you know, we, and so looking at your thought there, so this is a little like, here's how coaching works. When you look at that thought, why? So what was the thought that was driving that? What you were just saying on Friday, I get to um, eat and drink. And I just, Mm -hmm. what was the thought that was driving that? I don't know. I would have to say probably some of it is habit, right? So that's mm-hmm. always been, you know, the the weekend warrior type thinking is common, I think, for a lot of us because, you know, you're you're if you work a Monday through Friday job or life, um, the weekend has always signified party time or no restriction time. So I think habit maybe comes into it a little bit, but thoughts, um, stress relief. I, I want to feel good. Relief. I want to feel good. I don't, yeah. I don't, how about this? I don't want to feel anything. <laughs> how about yeah. that there, you, there you go. That's yeah. So you have the thought that, well, you're feeling very stressed mm-hmm. and thought is I want to, and then you can fill in the blank. I want to feel better. I want to relieve my stress and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it by, you know, with this glass of wine and Mm -hmm. um, six ounces of cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you're, you're feeling stressed and you want to feel better. And so your actions are, you end up overeating, over drinking. And the result of that is, is what? Well, the result is after two glasses of wine, all I can do is fall asleep. I'm not good company. I, I get too tired to enjoy anything else that's going on in the room. Um, I overeat and the next day I feel regretful. I feel regretful that I, I overate and, and it's, it's a bad feeling to wake up to that. Yeah. So you, you end up just abusing yourself, you're physically abusing yourself, mentally, emotionally abusing Mm -hmm. yourself, which then creates more stress. Mm -hmm. Right. And then that perpetuates the whole cycle. And the worst thing is the thoughts, how we speak to ourselves. And those are thoughts like, Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, I'm such a loser. I did it again. I can't do this. Like, those thoughts actually are they're so counterproductive they'll, they'll never bring us to the result we want 
changing those thoughts, which is absolutely doable. And there's a whole process and that can help you change the thoughts to create the thoughts that you actually, that are more productive and that you'll actually believe. Mm -hmm. And that's how you end up changing your actions and your results. But the first step is always understanding what thoughts are creating you to feel the way you do. And then when you understand those, you can change your actions and change your results. And I think that's what some people may not be aware that their brains are neuroplastic and that they can create new thoughts and new thought patterns. Some people don't know that. So that's, that's one important thing that I think is helpful. And just knowing that just the realization that what you've been thinking, not only is it a, not your fault, like we discussed earlier, B, it can be changed. It can be changed. Nobody's going to have to operate on your brain and do a craniotomy and, you know, remove portions of the brain. Right. Yeah, You're, it is possible. And it's not, it's not, I can't even say I, it's work, but it's not difficult. It's kind of like, it's kind of like playing a game with your, your brain, right? Yeah. Well, and isn't that just so exciting? Like, oh my gosh, it's like, it doesn't matter how long I've you haven't been able to do something 10, 20, 30 years, you, you can do it. You can do it. Well, sure. I think you get, you know, for anybody who's maybe in their fifties or older, like myself, you get to a point where you say this, these thoughts that I've been thinking all these years, clear, first of all, clearly they're not working. (laughs) Okay. I'm not healthy. I'm overweight. So they're not working, but I'm exhausted from thinking these thoughts. I am exhausted. I don't want to, I don't want to feel bad anymore. I don't want to feel bad about myself and and keep telling myself these stories anymore. Right. And the other thing too, is we think these thoughts are, are facts and that's the real challenge. Like someone will say, well, because I've never been able to do it, but that's a thought. That's not a fact. So much of what we believe we think are facts and they aren't, they just aren't. So it's, it, again, it's challenging and mm-hmm. helping people see that, that that's a, it's a thought. It's not a fact. A fact is the sky is blue or the grass is green, but it's not that I overate and therefore I'll always overeat. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not a fact. Mm-hmm. So you talked about some of the things that we can do to start changing the way we think. And I know um, we can't go through an entire program here. It would take six weeks, Um, (laughs) but you, you know, we've established that it can be done. So, so take us through essentially like how, how it's done, how, how, you know, when you work with a coach, Mm -hmm. how do they do this? Take us kind of through the process, I guess. Well, I do like to start with creating a food protocol. So, and I'll explain why that's so important. A lot of people don't um, don't plan their food. Mm-hmm. So they get up and they say, okay, I've got great goals for today. I'm going to eat really well. I'm going to eat vegetables. I'm not going to eat junk food. I'm not going to drink, whatever. And it doesn't work. And it doesn't work because I'll put it this way. Why a plan works is because when you are forced to write down a food plan, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is, what you're going to eat that day, when you're going to eat, and you stick to that plan, no matter what. 
So for one person, let's say it depends where someone's at. Let's say someone eats nothing but McDonald's, nothing but McDonald's. Well, what they put on their food plan when they first start is going to be very different than someone who say just wants to eliminate sugar. So we always start with where the person's at. And the first goal is always just stick with what's on the food plan. I'm going to eat breakfast at this time. This is what I'm going to eat. This is what I'm going to have for lunch. This is what I'm going to have for dinner. Mm -hmm. And why that's so important is that that's operating from your prefrontal cortex, your higher brain. That's where we reason. That's where we plan. That's where we can postpone immediate gratification. Mm -hmm. When People start their day without a plan. The minute you start to feel fear or stress or anything like that, the lower brain, the automatic brain will have you thinking, I need a cookie. I need a chip. I need whatever. So you're not operating from your higher functioning brain. So that's the number one thing you start, you create a food plan and you stick to that food Mm plan. Okay. That's the first place to start. I like the people I I work with, I try to get, um, suggest that people do it on the weekend. Mm -hmm. For me, daily does not work, but for other people, daily does work. Mm -hmm. So they do it the day before, this is what I'm going to have tomorrow. Then at the end of the day, they assess how they did, they readjust and they write their plan for the next day. That works well for some people. Other people, it works well doing it on the weekend, but having a food protocol is, is like paramount. So that's, that's where we start. Um, Another important thing I want to say here, add is that a lot of people use exercise as a strategy for weight loss. Mm -hmm. And exercise is extremely important, but not to be used to speed up weight loss. And there's a couple of really important reasons there. One, it doesn't address the underlying problem, which is mm-hmm. why is someone overeating? It mm-hmm. never addresses that. It's just like, oh, I ate the six cookies or whatever. I'm going to walk six miles or run six miles or whatever. I'm going to burn those calories off. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't address the real problem. That's number one. Number two is exercise is a beautiful thing. We are, we were born to move. We have legs. It's a beautiful thing. And when you're using it as a punishment, it it's the association is very negative and you, you aren't using exercise in the way that it needs to be used. It's a form of self-care. If you're using it to punish yourself, it's no longer a form of self-care. You're actually sending really negative messages to, to your brain when you're doing that. I, I despise exercise for that very reason. I do it. And I swear through the entire workout, I have feel like I have punished myself with exercise for 40 years. No lie. I'm like raising my hand right now. That's me. That's me. I hate it. And I'm passing on my hatred to my child because he sees me do it. And he's like, mom, is that fun? I'm like, no, it's not. So what I would suggest there is that you look at change your thought about exercise Mm -hmm. and change your exercise to something that you enjoy, whatever that is, Mm -hmm. you know, movement for the joy of movement. 
when you look at little children, I, I can't, there's very, I, I don't think I've ever seen a little child who doesn't enjoy some form of movement, whatever that is. If you look back when you were younger, you may be able to remember what you enjoyed doing, but whatever that is, that's what you want to do and never as a punishment. And so if you overeat, don't, that's not when you exercise. Right. So exercise shouldn't be a major part of your, your weight loss plan. Not until you, the thoughts are corrected mm -hmm. and exercise really does get, is part of your life because you love it. Like you, you just can't imagine your life without it. Now, does a coach, um, so, so if you're coach shopping, you, you really want a well-rounded coach who, who can guide you nutritionally as well as psychologically, if I'm hearing you correct, right? I, I think so. Yeah, I definitely not only think so, I yeah. know so. Yeah. yeah. And so when, let me ask you this, when um, does the thought work happen immediately? Um, do you start or, or do you, you focus more on the nutritional aspects for a few weeks first, and then you start working on the thoughts? Do you do them in tandem? Well, I, I do like to get those, the, the food protocol and those kinds of things in mm -hmm. place, but the thought work goes with that because you mm -hmm. almost immediately someone will say, well, it's impossible to live without sugar or flour. Mm -hmm. And you, you have to start the thought work right then and there. Yeah. Well, why, why is that impossible? You know, what is possible? So there, you can never exclude the thought work from that. And it does start immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just initially there's, there's other, there's things that need to be put into place. Yeah. So <clears throat> when we were making some notes as to what we were going to talk about today, um, you had said, you know, it's important to point out that this this doesn't just apply to trying to lose weight. Right. This thought work. Tell us, uh -huh. connect that for us. It applies to absolutely everything and anything in life. And it doesn't matter if it's food, if it's alcohol, if it's gambling, if it's relationships, if it's business, it applies to everything because our thoughts create mm -hmm. our life. So if we have outcomes in our life that we don't like, then the work requires changing those thoughts. It's and that often it's that simple. We, it may not be, it's like I said, it's not easy. You know, it's, I just had something come up at, at Christmas where I was just, I was really, it, this really came to light for me. Um, I, so being COVID, right? It's like, wow, okay, everything's different. This was our Christmas, uh, probably with you. I know for us, Christmas has always been like such a big celebration. All our family, everybody, it's it's a big thing. I have, I love Christmas. I have so many beautiful memories. Well, the borders closed. So all our families in Canada, nobody could come. Our daughter is in, a, is in Spain. She couldn't come. Our son couldn't come. Nobody could come. So it was my husband and I, and we basically did not celebrate Christmas at all. And I was doing thought downloads on this. Like, I know I'm really disappointed. I know I'm sad. I, like feeling the feelings and 
trying to process those feelings. And then I still had this incredibly, I had this undercurrent of anger and I knew there was something I wasn't acknowledging to myself. And I kept doing the thought downloads and I kept doing, and it wasn't coming to the surface. Mm -hmm. And my husband asked me one simple question and it all came out. And I was like, oh my God, how could I not see this? Like I, I couldn't see it until someone else asked me one simple question and it just all came out like what the true thoughts were behind all that. Yeah. It's, it's, it really is life-changing. It really is. It's so empowering. We, our thoughts keep us in victim mode, right? We Mm -hmm. empowerless. And when we really learn to change those thoughts and take full emotional responsibility for our thoughts, it changes our life. So powerful. And as you said earlier, it's actually exciting, like to know that, oh my gosh, I could like think a whole bunch of different new good stuff, like for the next 30 years of my life, or I could stay back here in victim mode and, you know, keep telling myself all these negative stories. The fact that you get to walk away from those negative thoughts that you've been thinking for 30, 40 years. To me, that is very exciting because I don't want to think this way anymore. Yeah. I'm done. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So um, you had given us some, some, tenets of uh, mistakes to avoid when we lose weight. We talked about not using exercise. We talked about um, the sugar and the flour. Um, Mm -hmm. We talked about planning. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned here counting calories. Um, Uh, Yeah. Big, big no. Yeah. So tell us, tell us why. Yeah. For so long, we were taught to count calories, right? A hundred calories is a hundred calories, but it's not because you can eat, um, for example, let's say a cookie's 100 calories, you eat a cookie, well, we were, I didn't go into a full description, it's just too time consuming, but cookie will create a lot a huge insulin release. And we know that insulin causes fat storage, or you can eat, let's say, an apple, that's 100 calories. Well, an apple has fiber, it has minerals, it has vitamins, the insulin response is much less for an apple than a cookie. So although they're both 100 calories, the cookie will cause um, over the long run, too. we're not just talking about one cookie once in your life causes a lot more fat deposit than not eating high insulin foods. So you don't want to count calories. Actually, what I give my clients, I have a sheet where we count nutrients and minerals and vitamins and the important things it's not calories so i mean to an extent yeah you can't you can't that's and another tenant too is you don't you eat when you're hungry and you stop mm-hmm. when you get to a certain mm-hmm. point on a scale of one to ten of course the, the overeating causes weight gain period but um a calorie is not a calorie So you're referring to something um, our listeners may recognize as the glycemic index. So we're talking about how quickly a food causes your body to release insulin and the sugar into the bloodstream. 
and process it. Right. So that's such a a simple but powerful uh, fact right Mm -hmm. there that 100 calories in an apple and 100 calories in a cookie are two different things. And this is like a piece I feel like of general knowledge that every human should have, you know, um, it's basic nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So we talked about, um, a lot of things to avoid when trying to lose weight. We talked about changing our thoughts. We talked about how coaching can help. Um, you briefly took us on a little bit of a personal example using your Christmas story of woe. <laughs> Yeah, just that just came to me right now as we were yeah. talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you had mentioned to me a personal thought you had about showing up on social media. So as an example for our listeners, um, just take us through um how how the thought changing the thoughts would apply to that that experience of yours. Sure. So yeah, like the thought work, as we were saying, doesn't just apply to overeating. You know, we don't just try to cover our feelings with food. There's all kinds of other reasons for me showing, because I have a business and especially now that it's a pandemic showing up online is really important. Um, Before the pandemic, most of my work was in person. So I don't like, and I even, even saying this, I know. So this is some of my thought work. I used to say, I hate social media. <laughs> well, what results do you think I'm going to get if I continue to say I hate social media, right? <laughs> so changing, I know ultimately my thought is I love social media. Well, I'm nowhere near there, but we have what's called ladder beliefs. You know, you create beliefs that bring you, that you can accept and bring you closer and closer to that ultimate belief. So my first one was, okay, well, I can, I can believe that at some point, I may be able to appreciate social media. So appreciating it has been a bridge thought for me. But that thought, you know, creates a feeling of, of despair, and all kinds of feelings that the end result is I don't show up on social media. Mm -hmm. Well, I do the work I do because I love being of service and I love helping people. So if that's my mission in life, how is that thought serving that mission? It's not. So I've created other thoughts Mm -hmm. to help me feel better. Mm -hmm. And one of them is, well, I do this to be of service. So my thought is, Instead of it being about me, it's turned to other people. I want to be of service. I, that's what my ultimate goal is. Mm-hmm. So showing up on social media, even if it hurt, helps one person, mm-hmm. then I feel more fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So that's how the thought changes how I feel, which then will make me feel more comfortable showing up on social media. So you you recognize the, the negative thought. Yeah. And then the feeling associated with the thought Mm -hmm. and then the actions that Mm -hmm. you're taking involved with those negative thoughts. 
And right. then you start to turn it around and plug in some new thoughts. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So that's the yeah. basic, basic roadmap for how this thought work is done. I know I oversimplified it horribly, but you did an awesome job. You did an awesome job. And ultimately the reason we have all these thoughts that don't help us Mm -hmm. is because, and this is because of our, our primitive brain. We don't want to feel fear. We don't want to feel negative feelings that are hard for us to process. Mm -hmm. And our primitive brain does this it creates these thoughts to protect us from these feelings. And at the end of the day, learning how to deal with these negative feelings is what changes everything. So recognizing the thoughts that are non-productive and actually hurt us and changing them is, is definitely part of the work. And the other part is learning how to deal with those feelings without overeating, without berating ourselves, without over drinking with whatever. There is not one feeling in this world that will kill us. And yet we spend our entire lives trying to avoid feelings. So powerful. So so true. It sounds like, it sounds like freedom is on the other side of doing that work, you know, freedom, um, a new life. Yeah. When you realize you can sit with an emotion Mm -hmm. and be okay with it, Mm -hmm. with that feeling, then very, you would then realize it's like, wow, there's, there's nothing that will stop me anymore. Yeah. I can, I can live with this. And when you asked me earlier about, um, you know, my thought about business, one of my thoughts that supports me in showing up is um, we are, we had a, we had another daughter and she passed away as an infant. And a lot of what I do is to avoid the pain of that. And my thought then becomes, if I have dealt with probably for me has been the worst pain ever. How can I not deal with showing up on social media? Like it, it changes when you can live with a feeling, then you realize everything else you can deal with it. Thanks for sharing that Maureen. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, You don't share that very often. (laughs) Thank you. But if it helps someone, there you go. Yeah. Um, this has been just eye-opening, and I'm sure our listeners feel the same. Um, so I'm guessing there's some people uh, listening that are going to be excited to talk to you and <laughs> hear about. Um, tell us about your six-week course that's coming up. Um, oh, I January. have. Yes, I have a six-week course that starts. It's called Reset, Renew, Results. It starts... There are two sessions, January 18th and January 19th, and it is online and it um, takes people through a lot of the principles I've been talking um, about today. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's six weeks. There's a private Facebook group for um, community support and 
then uh, we meet on Zoom and we go through a lot of this. It's group coaching and and learning of these concepts that are important to implement for, for lasting weight loss. And then it's, it snowballs. It affects every area of your life. It really does. When you understand how to do this thought work, it really has an impact in absolutely every area of your life, which is so exciting. <laughs> I'm going to put um, in the show description or the podcast description, I will put um your website in a link for people to get a hold of you. But for our listeners, could you just tell, tell us how they can find you online? They, someone can always email me. Uh, the, my email is my name, Maureen Kemeny zero at gmail.com. And I do have a website, the domain, my daughter and I have been building a new one. So the domain is, I did have another one. It's currently being switched over. So it is MaureenKemeny.com and it should be live in the next couple of days. Okay, great. And that is M-A-U-R-E-E-N-K-E-M-E-N-Y.com. Correct. Okay. And the email was MaureenKemeny0 at gmail.com. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, And your Facebook, um, if someone wanted to find you on social, do your Facebook uh, handle is what? My business page on Facebook is Life Switch. Okay. And then my personal profile is Maureen Kemeny. Okay. Okay. Message me, either one. Great. And just real quickly before we wrap and say goodbye, um, other services that you provide? Um, right now in your business. So you're doing group coaching. Mm -hmm. And you also offer one on one coaching. Yeah, I do a lot of one on one coaching. Because yeah, it so it really depends on someone's personality. It's Mm -hmm. also a financial issue. Mm -hmm. So one on one is it's one on one, you get a lot more attention. Sure. Um, Results are are phenomenal. Uh, group coaching is a whole different experience. So it really depends on your personality and your budget. You do some staff um, education and development for companies. You go in and talk to employees and and you do a lot of um, speaking and things like that as well, right? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, a lot of uh, like professional development um, training and Mm -hmm. um, stress management, nutrition, all those kinds of things. Yeah. Excellent. Mm Well, this has been really, really eye-opening and wonderful, and I'm so glad to have spent this time with you this morning, Maureen. Thank you for, um, you know, sharing your expertise and your time with my listeners. Well, thank you, Carm. I always love speaking with you. Oh, this is great. Um, Okay, well, we are going to wrap it up, and I want to thank you and thank our listeners. And this is This Girl Puts Out, officially signing off. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And for more stories about real-life women, visit thisgirlputsout.com. (laughs) 